This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Swindon Town. Hello, Ryan. Good morning, Rich. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to a Friday episode. And of course, it's special, isn't it? Because he who must not be named is back. Ah, okay. So we're we're Voldemorting this. I think that's the best way to go, really. Um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll just kind of like ban the use of his name as much as possible. Um, we can either Voldemort it or Dinosaur. It's really up to you, Rich. If I was John Sheridan, I'd go with Voldemort over Dinosaur, I think. What would you do? I think I'd go Voldemort as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it mm. suits a bit better, doesn't it? Yeah. But I'm over, I'm over the... The horror show that was last season. It feels like a long time ago. So ultimately, I'm over. But this feels like a, as good a game for closure. And I fully appreciate that not every fan will feel the same way as me. And many may have bought their tickets this weekend or claimed a free ticket because their pal is a season ticket holder just to go to this game in order to shout or make dinosaur noises at the away dugout. That's, you know, it's one of those things that's the nature of football, but it didn't work out. It, it seemed like a bad appointment at the time. It proved to be, but here we are. Suddenly, Oldham Athletic at home is the game of the month. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be more intrigued to hear what dinosaur noises are. Um, that's what you just said there. So is it a roar? Is it a kind of... Well, we don't know, do we? Because obviously all the films that you've watched are simply assuming what the noises were for we know a t-rex might have just gone squeak squeak 
exactly. So, I mean, if we're making dinosaur noises, that would be kind of a highlight of my day. But no, you are right. Um, massive game because of it. And it, it, I do feel it in the same way as you do. It does bring closure. And I also think it's not just going to be anger and frustration directed at John Sheridan, but also all the goings-on and the people that are around him, such as Power, Tommy Wright, all of those uh, people were there, were there at the same time. And it's kind of just one big opportunity to to get that out of your system once and for all, and then, and then we move on and never mention him again. Yeah, we've also got Christopher Misselu coming back. No beef with him, and certainly no beef with Hallam Hope. No no beef with either of them. They were... They gave everything, didn't they, to club? More yeah. Hallam Hope than Missaloo, I think. Hallam Hope, there we go, yeah. Hallam Hope did score some actually important goals uh, for Swindon Sound at some crucial stages. He was always a player that was brought in under Wellens and no one really seemed to understand where he fitted in, but he would just go where he was asked. And that's what I always liked about Hallam Hope. Yeah, Missaloo probably not so much there when I say that. Um, didn't play as many games, probably didn't have as much of an impact. Was just one of those players that was there to, in, in many ways, make up the numbers, but... It's not their fault what happened. It's it's certainly not. No, Missaloo's signing was baffling because we paid money for him at a time where they were crying poverty because we were poor, but it, it was a very odd one. But yeah, you're quite right about Hallam Hope. Fell out of favour, got injured, always put in a shift. Maybe didn't score as many goals, but in that tail end of the League 2 winning season, he was very useful when called upon. Yeah, he was. He was, and we'll see them back there tomorrow. Guess what? What? I mean, I don't know why I'm asking this as a question because you were in the presser, but there's not much Exeter talk. I wonder why. <laughs> no, not much. I think we, we talked about it briefly before we came um, on to record here, Rich, and we just said that it was a kind of a a show that we don't need to go back to. Injuries, players getting minutes for the first time or, or, or minutes at any length for the first time. Again, new partnerships had to be formed on pitch. Against one of the teams that are the best in the league, best on form and their style of play really can decimate teams when you're not at it. Don't think we should read too much into it. That being said, if we go and get battered by Oldham, same scoreline, yeah, ask questions. But no, I don't think there can be too much to delve into there. The most interesting talking point for me post-game was actually where the, the heads of the fans are at because, you know, there is this simmering segment of the fan base that, aren't fans of Ghana then and I'm not talking a majority here in any in any sense of the word and there are there are fans out there that don't like certain players and it's beginning to be noticeable and the away end way days tend to be a very positive vibe but there were lots of reports coming back from Exeter that until Tomlinson got into, got into the away end there was there was a bit of um, ill feeling uh, from towards a few players, which is a shame. But that's football, and I'm not holier than thou. But this is not the time to really sort of add pressure onto the squad because we want to get out of this division um, at the first time of trying again. I should say, but yeah, it's a it's a bit weird one. But as you just sort of hinted upon. If we don't do well against Oldham, not because it's Oldham, yes, they are right down there, scrapping for their life in the relegation zone, and Sheridan, as we'll discuss later, is turning it around. But they are a struggling side, managed by a team that 10-plus thousand Swindon fans tomorrow will be, frankly, desperate to get three points against. We can't have a performance like that. And some of the players who started, they'll be very lucky if they're in the first eleven on Saturday. Yes, very much so. There was 
kind of it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because there's players that if you had a whole squad fit, they really wouldn't get any minutes at all. Um, that feature on Tuesday and will probably feature on Saturday. But due to injuries, the limited squad size that we have, you know that there's going to be players in there that will simply have to be played. And they're now going to have to adjust to coming into this kind of tail end of the season whereby there's a lot of expectation on Swindon Town from from certain selections of fans to get into those playoffs. What I would say back on your point there about fans, Rich, is look, football fans are entitled to their opinion, Um of course they are. They pay their money. They support their club through thick and thin. But, you know, I feel that sometimes it can be a little bit too much one-sided. One-sided too much in positivity. One-sided too much in negativity at times. Because if you're a club that likes Swindon this season, wasn't really expecting anything, was really at the very most hoping to not get relegated, you're in a situation of, okay, let's see where we go. Let's not kind of go so negative on us when when we're, when we're in touch of the playoffs still don't get me wrong you know what I mean so it's it's just one of those things that we didn't expect to be here why can't we just enjoy it and see where we go and and just because we lose a game it doesn't mean it's the end of the world someone typically unless it's a draw has to win a game in 90 minutes that's the way football works you're not going to win every game you're not going to draw every game you're not going to lose every game but a little bit of reality at times needs needs to be injected into into supporters I wish to win every game for the rest of my time supporting Swindon Town, please, if you don't mind. I wish that as well, Rich. Look, I support Manchester United, okay? So, you know, that's a club whereby there's so much expectation to actually do, like, win the league every season or win the Champions League. And you look at that and I'm kind of in there like, oh, Jesus, can I even be bothered turning on TV at times? Uh, I'll still be there Tuesday night. I'll still... No, I always do. And I'll still be there Tuesday night to watch us against Atletico Madrid making that trip. And then get there, and then after the ninety minutes, walk away with my mate in tears. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm hearing you um, struggling to turn the telly on to watch Manchester United, and I'm I'm thinking back to me putting ten quid down to watch Swindon play Wimbledon away last season. So, um, yeah. I don't mean that. Rotter. That was more foolish than anything. I think. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, I I do agree that we do have two extremes in the Swindon fan base at the moment, the let's go and the Garner out sort of side, the in-between is probably a silent majority, but when we win, it's like HMS Piddle League 2 is back, baby! And then uh, and then we lose and it's just like, we are the worst team in the world and I demand satisfaction. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. So the first question asked in the presser, which was yourself, along with your colleagues from BBC Radio Wiltshire and the advertiser, injuries. So where are we at? The good thing is there's no new injuries following on from last um, Tuesday, sorry, this Tuesday. Uh, so there's no new, fresh kind of players that will be unavailable. A couple of players have got to be assessed this morning. You didn't train yesterday, just a few knocks ah. following that Exeter game. Um, but Ben Garner did say that he's hopeful that Swindon Town will have the same squad going into tomorrow. That doesn't mean the same lineup. It just means that we'll have the same players available for selection. Um, so a couple of uh, 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 just probably analysis done needed on a few players this morning. Uh, just see how they are after a few knocks are picked up. But it's nothing too major. And, and the good the good answer from Ben Garner is that there are no more longer term injuries. OK, then. So I'm going to say... Uh, no injuries plus two to be assessed this morning equals there will be changes in the 11. Um, I 
wonder if he's just softening the blow for anyone who might be out. I'm always second guessing the managers when it comes to presses, each and every one of them, because you remember Richie Wellens was the king of saying one thing and it meaning the other. So who knows? Yeah, he was, wasn't he? That was the days of kind of, you'd literally go against what he says. If if you said someone was a player was out, you would know they would be starting uh, on Saturday afternoon. With Ben Garner, I would say that he does generally tend to give a little bit more information, a little bit more honesty. Um, I, I think it's too late probably for mind games. That being said, we could see some changes. But I think regardless of injuries, there might be a few changes in the lineup anyway. Well, you say that, Ryan, but I refer to the last presser where we discussed <laughs> Mandela Egbo, where I was like, well, things have changed. And you were like, leave it, Rich. It's not happening. And I was like, well, and you were like, leave it, Rich. Leave it. And I was like, well, and now <laughs> uh, it looks like there might be some activity on that front. There possibly is. Yeah, I'll hold my hands up here and say I maybe got that one wrong. All signs were that he was going to try. Well, he was trying to get a deal in another country uh, was the right back. Um, now, given what's happened, I think there's been a little bit more sit back and let's look at where we are um, from Swindon Town, from Ben Garner. And what he said on the Mandela Egbo signing, so I know a lot of fans were tweeting me about this this morning, is that it is something that Swindon Town are looking at. Um, it is an ongoing process at the moment to try and make him a Swindon Town player. That being said, he will not be available for Saturday, and it's a deal that will potentially be done further down the line. There are complications involved in this deal because, of course, his last club was New York Red Bulls in America. So there has to now be international clearance for him to come and play over here, despite the fact um, that he was actually born in London. So it's a bit of a complicated process with him. He, it won't be a quick process by any means whatsoever, but Swindon Town are looking to try and sign him on a deal. Whether that deal goes through is another question. There can't be that long a line if they need him for this season. So one would expect that if they're going to get the wheels in motion, they'll be doing that very, very shortly. They are. They are trying to do it. Um, ben Garner, I, I, you, well, from speaking to Ben Garner this morning, he would like him as a Swindon Town player. He would fit in brilliantly in that right-back position. That being said, you know, just because you've got a player there that can fit in a position doesn't mean they're necessarily going to come in and be the player that you need them to be straight away. Mm. Um, it's more a signing out of desperation than anything else you feel because just weeks ago, they were kind of just last week, they were still trying to help him secure a deal elsewhere. So... I know fans are eager to see him come. Um, they've just got to be a bit patient by all expectations. If international clearance is a quick process, which it rarely is, I'm sorry to say, um, then he could be a player, but I'd say most likely by the end of next week. Yeah, there, there is a lot of excitement. I don't know if it's excitement or desperation for bodies yeah. um, with with Mandela Egbo. You know, fantastic name aside, you know, there, there, there has... You, you don't get to Munch and Gladbach without talent and I know he only played one game in the Bundesliga but he played plenty in the leagues below for their second team and of of course he played briefly for Darmstadt as well and a lot I do understand people saying why are we going all in on this guy barely anyone's seen him play ever I've seen him play I saw him play for Crystal Palace under 21s many moons ago believe it or not I think you know, match practice aside like I said to you previously he's been with the club since January so that isn't going to be as problematic in terms of getting him integrated into the squad. So you might as well, right? You might as well, if you've got a budget, 
if you've got enough to pay the guy and he's there and he's willing and we can get international clearance, it's a no-brainer, really. And if he's rubbish, he leaves in the summer. So, you know, done. That's it. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> we just got to wait and see what happens with that deal and, and see where it goes. Um, you did touch on the fact that he's got experience. He played, I think it was something like 70 games for Brushing Munch and Gladbach's youth side um, or second side, whatever you want to call them. Um he then made that one appearance for them, didn't he? Enjoyed a few years over in uh, uh, in New York Red Bulls in America. Was then released from a contract or didn't sign a new contract uh, last year. I understand that was due to personal issues, and he's now over here been training with Swindon since January, and, and the club will hopefully look to sign him on a deal. Yeah, well, let's see how that that plays out. But what will be will be on the Mandela. Egbo front. One thing that was really noticeable moving on um, from from midweek was. Poor old Davison was a frustrated figure up front for Swindon and a lot of people. And it's very hard to ignore the fact that McCurdy's absence was felt. I, I asked Terry, like, are we are we now overly reliant on McCurdy? And and Terry's reply, you know, was was really good on that. But everything, you know, goals aside, just his intensity and the way he sort of. Uh, rallies the troops with that unique personality of his, it, it, it was missed. It was missed. I think Josh Davison was kind of just without his mate, wasn't he? He needed McCurdy there to kind of bounce off, make runs in behind off each other. Um, and he didn't have that link-up play, very isolated on Tuesday. And Ben Garner feels that, we, given the fact that Harry is now absent for Saturday as well, he'll be back next Tuesday. Uh, Swindon have to play to the attributes of the players in the team, which maybe makes you think that they didn't, do that to to the um, sorry he maybe didn't do that enough on Tuesday is what Ben Garner was trying to say. Uh, Harry gives Swindon Town great energy, uh, really good quality, and of course with the season that he's had, he's going to be a miss, isn't he? You know, he, look at his stats, and that'll show you how influential he has been for Swindon Town this season. Um, ben Garner just hopes that he'll he'll be come back in on Tuesday, he'll be be ready to fire and that Swindon Town have enough quality to win the game tomorrow. And he, he feels that they do, they should be able to win tomorrow, regardless of whether you have Harry McCurdy or not. And I, I have to agree. Do we know whether Harry's had the injections that they were waiting for before he got suspended? There wasn't any word on that today. Ben Garner didn't reveal that information. But by all accounts, it would make a lot of sense that he has had it. Um, of course, we, we heard, didn't we, a while back that Ben Garner said he needed probably two games out to get that injection done and settled in. He's having two games out now, so if he's not at it, it would be just kind of pure stupidity rather than anything else. So the answer to that, I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say, yes, he has. Ben Garner was asked about Dion Conroy. We can all assume why that question was asked. Garner saying it was his first game back and there were a few players in that boat. That performance will have done him well and will allow him to have got up to speed. So that's that's a polite talk. That's polite talk saying he wasn't good, but he needed that in order to get better for the next game. That's what he means, doesn't it? That is really, yeah, the basis of what he means. And I understand the point that Ben Garner did go on to make, though, is that you can't replicate kind of that game time in training. He said, uh, as much as you replicate in training, you can't provide what a game does, because not only from a physical point of view, but also a psychological point of view, in terms of dealing with the pressure, the fact that if you make a mistake, it actually means something, rather than in training, it doesn't. Um, but he feels that Conroy, especially, will be a player that can come through Tuesday better for it. Um, and he, he'll be a lot more up to speed on Saturday. And and despite, you know, whether he's been good this season or had it off games, games where he's been completely at it and, and he's been brilliant, Dion Conroy still 
we've seen it time and time again, can still come out despite criticism and put in a great performance and hopefully he does that on Saturday. Oh, I really, really hope so. The next question was in relation to squad depth, wasn't it? So we've not had any major problems until January when we had to replace our loanees and then the ones that we've brought in um, have got injured too. Ghana pretty much says it's just unfortunate and sometimes that is just it, isn't it? That is just it. I think maybe managers previously have used it as an excuse to say, oh, it's just unfortunate we have an injury. You look at how much effort Swindon Town have put into their medical department, how much they've invested in that this season, and, and it really is just unfortunate. Ben Garner gave a little bit more of a breakdown on that. He said, um, it's all impact injuries, the ones we're dealing with at the minute. We've had Achilles, we've had ankle injuries, we've had ligament tears, um, and they've all been in a very short period of time as well, which makes injuries even harder to deal with when you kind of all get these happening at once in terms of soft tissue and muscle injuries Swindon have felt they've controlled that really well this season um Ben Garner feels that he has done really well with injuries the squad and the staff there have done well with those and of course the transfer embargo makes it harder because Swindon couldn't bring in perhaps as many players they want or build a squad as big as they'd like um they're now in a situation whereby you're going into the end of season competing for the playoffs and you've not got the biggest of squads to compete with they're really cautious about trying to avoid any more injuries at the moment Harrison Minton's been recalled from Chippenham um, just to make up the numbers at the moment Ben Garner felt he's done really well at Chippenham um, and he'll go into tomorrow's squad and that's where Swindon Town are at the moment they just have to keep churning these sides out and looking after players as best as physically possible yeah I think in terms of pros We've got 22 players, including the loans, and five of those are currently out with injury or suspension. So that really is a dent. And as you say, the Harrison Minton returns, he doesn't count in that 22 because he's still an under 18. But Harrison Minton, again, as we discussed, because I remember asking you, surely a recall is likely. And Garner said, you know, I can't criticise you for this. Garner said, no, we're happy with his development at Chippenham. So he stays there. Him coming back says to me there may be an injury. It, it could it could very well be. I wish I could give you more on that. Unfortunately, I can't. What it also may be, though, from another point of view, Rich, is that possibly Bengon has gone into Tuesday, looked at how we got on, looked at how we performed since then, and thought, actually, we probably need just a couple more bodies in and around this squad. Because before Tuesday, it was a completely different narrative. Mandela Regbo wasn't looking at being signed. Harrison Minton was enjoying a good loan spell at Chippenham. He wasn't going to be recalled. Things have changed slightly after that defeat. And possibly that's in Ben Garner's thinking. You know, that being said, a couple of players need a look to see how they're getting on. A couple of uh, um, assessments being done this morning. But we just have to wait and see what happens tomorrow. I, I truly believe there aren't any significant injuries that we need to be worried about. Okay, okay. Yeah, and Harrison Minton, through his couple of games in the Papa John's, and those games at Chippenham give him more experience than, say, Harvey Fox, who I think was a defensive option in midweek on the bench. So it makes sense to let Harvey Fox just focus on his under-18 career and let Harrison Minton fight for a contract. OK, so we've covered Harrison Minton's return. Let's have some love for Jack Payne. Wow, we need him to stay fit for the rest of the season and we need him to start against Oldham. No ifs, no buts. He starts. Ben Garner tends to agree with you there. Um, he said that he thinks he could start Saturday. That means, yes, he will start Saturday. In my <laughs> Whether he could do 90 minutes is another matter. Uh, because, of course, as you said, 
you need him for the rest of the season. Um, he's coming, hasn't he? He got a few minutes against Bradford, got 45 minutes the other day against Exeter. And in those minutes that he's had, he scored two goals. Um, so if he plays, if he starts and he plays the best part of the game, I'm expecting at least two goals on Saturday. Um, that being said, Dengar have actually used the quotes of it's like having another player. It's like having a new signing for Swindon Town. Um, and he'll be really strong for us between now and the rest of the season. And I have a little inkling in me that given what happened last season, Jack Payne is going to go into tomorrow and play an absolute belter. Yes, please. I think what's not been overlooked in any way, it's, but I don't really see the conversation that much, is that was Jack Payne's 10th goal of the season for Swindon. He has gone about his business. I know he takes penalties and that's usually what people say, but he has gone about his business very quietly on that front. And considering the amount of football he's missed this calendar year, to have 10 goals just shows you just how important he is. It does. That's all that can be said on it, how crucial he is to this Swindon town side, not only for his goals, but also for his link-up play, his energy on the pitch, his pressing when off the ball. He, he's a Bengana type player through and through, isn't he? And you, you sense when you're sat in these press conferences with the Swindon Town head coach, you feel there's it, it's kind of excitement and appreciation for Jack Payne. And and I can't wait to see him back at the county ground tomorrow. Look, he's he's not kind of this A-list celebrity that comes into Swindon Town and changes every single game, but he's got a big, big role to play between now and and the rest of the season should Swindon Town want to get in the playoffs. Indeed. Okay, then. So, Oldham Athletic, as we've already discussed, we welcome back John Sheridan and Tommy Wright back to the county ground, having taken over um, the club recently. I mean, Keith Curl was manager when we last played Oldham, a 3-1 win for Swindon away earlier in the season. We also welcome Hallam Hope, as discussed, and Christopher Misalu, but also for the deep cuts, Tope Obadei. Remember him from many, many moons ago? He signed for Oldham earlier in the season. In terms of Oldham season, it's actually, it's been trash. Absolutely awful season. They will stay up. Of course they will, um, because it's only two go down and it's quite, it's quite congested down there at the moment. And Barrow are free-falling. Stevenage aren't doing very well, so I, I think Oldham probably will stay up regardless of uh, Mr. Sheridan, but you can't ignore it since he's taken over. They've lost one game. I think he, I'm think i not sure if he took over the Harrogate game, but that was the day he was appointed, so I think that was later in the day, wasn't it? And He would have had no influence in that. But I think eight or so games have passed since then. They've won three, they've drawn four, and they've lost one, and that was a bit of a shock at home to Carlisle in the last minute. So it's there's been a there's been a change of fortunes there. I mean, I was talking to Terry this morning and he's got a friend who's an olden fan and <laughs> his friend says they're still rubbish. So there's hope. Um but Sheridan will be very up for this. Um Swindon should be very up for this up for this. I do wonder if the the surviving players from that season do sort of say to Garner like We've got to win this one. We've got to do, we've got to do everything. If Jack Payne's at 95%, don't put him on the bench. You've got to start because people like you, like you said, people like Jack will be well up for this game. They will be. Um, and they should be up for every game, but of course it has that little bit more extra emphasis. You know what I mean, though. Uh, no, I know what you no, I know what you're saying. I totally get what you mean. Um I don't want to get kind of pulled into this kind of fear that Aldermost suddenly this brilliant side. 
they're still rubbish. Their football is still not very good and they get lucky with results as John Sheridan tended to do at Swindon at times. Um, anything less than a big defeat for them tomorrow is is kind of hard to conceive. I really do feel that this Swindon Town tomorrow is going to come out all guns blazing. You've got the likes of Jack Payne, Ellis Iandolo, Dion Conroy, um, even Matthew Baudry, who was still there at the club last season, to name a few that are still in and around this team and will be looking to kind of really, actually, you know what, for past season, here's a thumping for you. Um, that being said, is is Oldham have done really well recently is to, is to view from Bengana. They're really fighting for each other and fighting for every point. That's as true a statement as any, isn't it? You look at where they were and, and kind of results that were going their way and how they're now kind of fighting back and, and you quoted that one loss there that they had. Um, Bengana doesn't, no John Sheridan at all. He's never come across any of his teams before. Um, and Swindon's focus is purely on the game. Uh, that being said, Ben Garner also went on to tell us that tomorrow he feels is Swindon's biggest game of the season so far. Um, yeah, given, given, the in, given the injuries, <laughs> given the injuries we've got and the limited squad size, I don't think that's the reason it's the biggest game of the season so far. <laughs> we all know why it actually is. Well, yes, but you've got to acknowledge the fact that, you know, there'll be a lot of people in the grounds because of the free ticket incentive uh, from the Manchester city game. This is the game for it. Of course. I think that was announced before Sheridan even returned. So it just worked out nicely, didn't it? So there'll be extra people in the ground and they'll really, really be knocked off if Swindon don't win. They will. They will. Well, John Sheridan will either be really up for this and he'll be parading the touchline or he'll be so not up for this. He just does his typical act of not actually coming to the game. So <laughs> who, who really knows what we're going to get? Um, I think he will be there. I think he will. I think it'd be too big an opportunity for him to miss. Um, he showed more enthusiasm in one clip that I saw when he was unveiled as Oldham manager than I saw in his entire tenure as Swindon boss. I think it was just, you know, wrong manager, wrong time, wrong everything, wrong club, the whole lot. It's it's just so funny when you see their social media, the way they coo about or over John Sheridan. It's just a complete polar off. It's like a different universe parallel universe from what we experience well it's Voldemort and his death eaters isn't it you know kind of collective <laughs> that they've got going on there so uh you know there's always going to be people that support um <laughs> managers of John Sheridan's ill no, I understand why no I'm being serious in some way because you look at what he's done at that club um but what a basket case of a club it is to come into eh I'm not being rude there saying that by any means I quoted that in my uh kind of pre-presser uh, commentary before we actually got started today. I called them that as well. No insult. It's just true. Uh, their ownership model, the way their owners are, the fact that John Sharon's had to come in at this stage, fact where they are on the table, and he's coming and stabilised the ship. And hopefully that all goes wrong Saturday and the ship starts to sink again. Only at Swindon. Only at Swindon. My first, my first taste of football heartbreak was courtesy of Oldham Athletic. First game in the Premier League at the county ground. Lost in the last minute. Gutted. It won't happen tomorrow. Don't worry. Probably be more at the ground. 11,940 <laughs> at the Premier League game. We'd probably probably get more tomorrow with those with those tickets, I should should have thought. Unless it runs. Um, yeah, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> nerves. Garner was asked about nerves. I didn't see nerves on Tuesday night. I saw a team that just that didn't click and looked a little light on a 
on quality, but I didn't see it as a nervy team. There's no nerves in this squad, is there? From Ben Garner's point of view, there isn't any nerves at all. It was really a question that was put to him due to the fact that you're in and around the playoffs. You've got a young team. You're having to deal with that pressure. Are there nerves? And the answer is no. Swindon, for Ben Garner's feel, well, for what Ben Garner feels, is that the bigger the games, the better they perform. Um, so bring on the playoff run in, bring on this amount of pressure for Swindon Town. And and he's, he's quoted it before, hasn't he? The fact that he always seems to do better when you're in grounds whereby there's a really big atmosphere. So from Ben Garner's point of view, it's give us all the pressure you want. We're going to go out there. No one places above 23rd in all the uh, professional predictions at the start of the season. And we'd love to get a minimum of the playoffs. And of course, we're being asked to raise our scarves aloft like Liverpool. Why Liverpool? Why can't we do it like Swindon Town? I don't think it's Liverpool that invented raising a scarf, is it? And of course, you know, we created such imagery when Decanio was manager. Why can't we do it like a club that I don't hate? But Bang Honor did have this to say in the atmosphere. Um, Please don't do exactly whatever you want. But he said supporters can do whatever they want and it is their choice if they basically want to give John Sheridan abuse, which is if you're which is what was said if you're reason behind the line between the lines. <laughs> he didn't yes. say give John Sheridan abuse. He said supporters can do whatever they want. It is their choice. Any atmosphere that is created helps us and we want that intensity. If that adds extra spice tomorrow, then that will only help us. Um if the players come out and feel the energy then it'll be a massive help and probably more than any other game this season, he said. Just raise those scarves like Liverpool. Raise your scarves. Okay, shall we listen to your audio, which does include a phone going off in the background? Shall we Shall we play it? Well, let's go for it. You spoke there about your squad size and the fact that you are limited in numbers. I, I just wonder how big a test has that been for your kind of coaching capabilities in, in order to kind of deal with those injuries and, and adjust, I guess. Uh, yeah, it, it, it changes things. Um, I think you have to be uh, very mindful of, of the injuries and the loading that's going in within games. Um, we had a big run of games. We had a clear week going into Bradford and now we've got a clear run of games again. And We always seem to be playing on Saturday against a team that has had no midweek game as well. Um, it's probably the third or fourth time since Christmas, which is another challenge. Um, but this week, for example, after Exeter, it's about um, getting the tactical understanding into the players and clear on how we're going to play, but minimising the physical loading and not putting too much into their legs and certainly not risking any further injuries. So um, we always do a lot in meetings uh, and visuals. Uh, we try and paint the pictures as best we can out, out on the grass. So. We're still putting in a lot of detail and a lot of preparation, but we're doing it in a slightly different way to reduce the physical loading, the fatigue and, and the injury risk. How hard is that to kind of, for the players to kind of understand that bit of a change then, you know, maybe they're not out on the grass as much, they're in kind of meeting rooms, maybe watching more videos, having more chats. How difficult is it for them to kind of adjust? Or do you think they just take it in their stride? Yeah, I think they take it in their, in their stride. I think we're... As a staff, we're very detailed in, in, in how we work. Um, I'd like to think there's no stone left unturned when we go into each and every game. Um, and it's making it clear to the players that sometimes, even if we're not... Because when you train physically intense, naturally it tunes you in mentally. So sometimes when you're actually just taking a little bit off physically, it's important to emphasise that we're still sharp here. We're still really concentrating in what we're doing. 
Um, and the players have been, have been good with that. I think as long as they understand the reasons why, um, and it's for their benefit and for the benefit of going into the game, um, that's always the focus. We want them three o'clock Saturday in the best possible place to be able to perform. And on John Sheridan's style of football, very direct it seems that Oldham like to play. Um, do you think that's something that you've dealt with a little bit better as the season's gone on, kind of like deep balls into your box, kind of more direct up to strike, because you feel that you're now better equipped to deal with those threats? Yeah, I think we've, we've improved on that front generally. Um, I think uh, personal changes we made as well would, would certainly help with that. And that's something you've got to be able to do well in, in this league um, regardless of how you want to play yourself defending direct play dealing with second balls has a huge huge bearing on games um, so we're, we're, we're going to play our game we, we know how they're probably going to come and play you never know until the whistle goes but we've got a fair idea looking at their previous games um, but we want to impose our game I think pressing is key for us we want to get energy in the game we want to play um, high up the pitch and we want to try and dominate the ball and attack so um, we're going to have to do that do that well and um, the better we can do that the more it reduces the way they want to play on the game and that's always what we want to do and finally just injuries have you had any kind of players ahead of schedule on injuries or is it very much still the same time scale in terms of recovery yeah we're, we're assessing that now so um, Ben Gladwin's doing really well so we're going to get that scanned again uh, yeah so we're, we're going to rescan um, Ben's injury because he feels good and he's in a good place but um, it's one of those injuries you need to make sure you can push it. Um, so we just rescan that, see how that is. Hopefully, we can then step him on and get him closer to a return. Um, and we'll do the same with, with, with Louis Barry. We'll try and push him on as, as quickly as possible. Um, he's really positive himself and looking forward to getting back. Um, and it, you know, if we can get those two back, uh, what a huge lift that would be for the group and you know, massive increase in, in the quality available. So. Um, yeah, we're getting them back as, as soon as we can, and um, yeah, hopefully we don't pick up any more injuries now, and we can we can just add to the group moving forwards. Brilliant, thank you, Ben. Good luck tomorrow. See you then. Thank you. thank you. Somebody answer the phone, phone, phone. Uh, I don't. It wasn't my phone. Please understand that. If anyone's sitting there thinking, God, why the hell is Ryan not answering his phone? It's not my phone. It's the phone at uh, Swindon Town. It was annoying, but we got there again, and we could still hear Ben Garner and. Yeah, some good answers we've got out of him today. Okay, question one was in relation to adjusting to injuries. Were you happy with that answer? Well, it was quite an open response, which is what I do like about Ben Garner. When you put a detailed question to him that is short and straight to the point, but also kind of you know includes enough for him to work with, he's very good at giving you answers. I often find if you try and drag a question out, um, it typically you you don't get that good a response. Um, it was interesting to hear, wasn't it, there, where he said by the, that they've not been doing as much training out on the pitch or out on the grass this week. It's been kind of more of a um, week of meetings, which they have a lot of anyway, but it's been a little bit more of that. It's been a little bit more kind of tactical talk with the players to try and get them ready for Saturday. Because, uh, of course, what Bengana said is that Swindon cannot risk any more injuries. Um, they have to be careful of this, this word that he likes to use, isn't it? Loading, they have to be careful of that. Um, they're still putting preparation in as best they can, and, and they've just toned it down a little bit going into Saturday um, and been a little bit more tactical and methodical in their psychological approach to this game. Your next question was about direct football, which you know they cited, and it's very clear that we've got better at this season, but we have struggled against teams who play a direct game. 
that was the question, as you heard me put to him now, was kind of that you struggled with it at the start of the season. You have got better with it. Um, I can't remember what game it was, but we really struggled with long throw-ins, didn't we, deep into the box near the start? I can't remember the exact game. Um, but they have improved on the, on that front generally. And Bengana said personnel changes help, helped with that. Mm, probably not got those personnel changes going into tomorrow now, but Swindon have to defend directly, um, direct play. They have to deal with second balls because, of course, a lot of teams play that type of football and no team more so than a John Sheridan team. So Swindon have to be up against it tomorrow in terms of defending that box and pressing was really key point that Ben Garner wanted to get as his players this week. They have to press, they have to dominate, play high up the pitch and if they do that, then it stops Oldham being able to put the ball into Swindon's box or at least upfield. Because you know, you know, all of us know we're going to see tomorrow. Um, just long balls kicked up to the strikers, long balls into the box and, and hope someone can get a toe on it. And finally, well done for asking about the current status of some of the players. Ben Gladwin is doing really well, but in Ben Garner's talk, doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be back anytime soon. Doesn't mean he's back next week, but like you said, it is hard because Ben Garner doesn't typically like to put a time frame on injuries. That being said, the fact that Swindon are getting him re-scanned again means that he's ahead of schedule because, of course, they wouldn't typically look to rescan him this early. Um, Louis Barry is also a player in the same boat that they're looking to do more with soon. I'm not sure if he's going to be getting a scan yet, but he said we will do the same with Louis Barry in terms of getting him closer to a return. So he is another player that Swindon are ahead of schedule with. Um, Louis Barry's really positive to get back. And, and both of those players, Ben Gladwin and Louis Barry, it couldn't be as long as first expected, given how well they're performing in their recovery. What that time scale means is we're not sure. I think we'll probably know more towards the end of next week. But of course, it can't be too long because the season's not got long left to run. Okay, well, given what we know about injuries or what we don't know, how do you think Ghana will set this side up? I think there'll be a couple of uh, potential changes that are going on in this this game. Um, I would love to see a return to the back four, Rich, but... I feel like it's not going to happen. It's probably still going to be that back five. Uh, I think Bengana possibly doesn't trust some of the players enough to play with a four-man defence. Um, you know, that being said, we might feel that Oldham aren't going to be a team that attack too quickly down the side. So I'm going to go for Wallacott, back five of Iandolo, um, Dion Conroy, Dow. Actually, no, I'm going to change that. Sorry, I'm going to go for Wallacott, Iandolo, Akin Odomeo, Baldry, O'Brien and Hunt. I know what you may be thinking that Conroy could be in. It could very well be. I might just be chatting rubbish here. Um, we'll have Louis Reed and Ricky Aguilar. I think they've very much cemented their place in this starting starting eleven. Jack Payne will start in place of Ryan East, and Johnny Williams and and Josh Davidson will of course be, be keeping their place in the side. Well done on picking eleven players this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I couldn't count properly last week. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going for three-one Swindon. I'm going for two-nil to Swindon, right? Swindon Town, of course. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I should have said that. Yeah, two-nil. I can't see Oldham winning this game. This. I hope this doesn't come back to bite me. Please, if we do not win this game, don't aim it at me. But we shouldn't. We won't. Up the Swindon. Up the Swindon, indeed. And remember, raise those scarves aloft, Ryan. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
Below Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of The Presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.